when I would tell people why I was doing it and educating them on their bodies, they didn't realize that women are born with all of the eggs that they were going to have in their lifetime. They didn't realize how fast it starts to decline with age and when that happens. When it was all said and done, it became a passion project for me. Hey everyone, I'm Maria Sansone and welcome to another episode of Mom to Mom, the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Today we are diving into a topic that can be a little uncomfortable, possibly, um, but it's definitely something that a lot of families are going through and a lot of women are thinking about, and that's fertility. And today we're going to hone in on one particular solution possibly or option when it comes to fertility. We're talking about egg freezing. So my guest today is fertility nurse Whitney Bischoff Angel and she's going to talk all about that and honestly it's something I've heard about but I haven't thought too much about because quite honestly I felt like it was never quite attainable. So she's going to break it all down for us. She is going to talk about why so many women are choosing to freeze their eggs, what the screening process looks like, what the process is. And of course, I had to ask her about the cost. We know that it's not cheap. (laughs) If it was, we would all be doing this. So, so much to get into with her. And also Whitney's not just a nurse, but she's also a patient. So she has a very unique perspective. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Whitney Bischoff Angel. Whitney, how are you, mama? Uh, Hi, Maria. Nice to see you. I'm so excited to have this conversation because I feel like there's a lot of women who are very curious about this. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's not talked about enough. Absolutely. It's not. It's something that is becoming more of a conversation. The more women are feeling more comfortable talking about it, it's kind of become in vogue to where people are curious and learning more, but there's still so much education that needs to continue to be had. Okay. So let's set this up a little bit. I remember when you were on The Bachelor Yes, and you would say, I make babies for a living. (laughs) You truly do. So you are an egg freezing nurse specialist. What exactly does that mean? So I am a fertility nurse. I have been the majority of my career, you know, over the years, I've kind of worked with many different sort of demographics of women working in your typical IVF setting. And throughout that process, I was meeting women that were struggling with getting pregnant because they had missed their window. So meaning that they would need to have like a donor egg, maybe a surrogate, but they, they would need a third party, what we call it to get pregnant. And as I was their nurse and helping them through this process, there's definitely a psychological component to that. It's a grief, you know, as women were born with many of us, some of us feel like we don't, you know, desire to have children, but the majority of us have this innate desire that we want to be moms. So to be told that you cannot do that is a loss. It's a, you go through the grieving process. And I was helping these women go through that, but I always think that they helped me sometimes more than I could have imagined because they said to me over and over again, I wish I would have had the opportunity to freeze my eggs. I wish that I could go back and, you know, make that investment for my future. And while a lot of those women didn't even have the ability to do that because egg freezing is somewhat still in its infancy, it's not been around as long as other parts of reproductive medicine. For me, it was 
like a light bulb that went off. Like, why am I not doing this? You know, I believe in the medicine. I believe in the experts that I'm working with. And I don't know a lot of things in life, but I do know that I want to be a mom. So I took off my nurse hat, put on, you know, came the patient and just took it from there. It was such an eye-opening experience for me because I realized how much was lacking. Even being a nurse and thinking I should know this stuff, it was daunting. It was isolating. I felt like when I would talk to friends about it, they were like, you are so young, like that it was a desperate measure for me. And then when I would tell people why I was doing it and educating them on their bodies, they didn't realize that women are born with all of the eggs that they were going to have in their lifetime. They didn't realize how fast it starts to decline with age and when that happens. When it was all said and done, it became a passion project for me because I just could not believe how people could not understand about their own body, not know that they do have the option to take a little bit more control of their future. A lot of women that are making the decision going through with egg freezing, how isolating it is to maybe not feel like you have a, a support system that you may need. Because a lot of times women are single. And the owner of laboratory, a parent IVF here in Chicago, had a similar idea of, you know, maybe we should have a place for these women, you know, not breaking off from the IVF clinic, but more be an extension to where you still have the experts, you still have the top-notch science, you still have the lab, but it's a different vibe. You know, you have a team of women that are supporting you from beginning to end. And that's where OVA was born. Long response to answer how I got there, but I think it's important for women to understand that I've also been the patient. I've done this. I'm speaking from my experience, not only from working in the field for so long, but just kind of going through the trenches, you know, with them. And so my own personal experience, I think has assisted me with being a better nurse. Definitely. All right. I want to go back and break down some of the things you said. So okay. as an infertility nurse, you said that you would meet with women and, you know, they had missed their window. Mm -hmm. Is there a magic number? Is there an age where you're seeing that women were missing the quote unquote window? I think of uh, my cousin, Vinny, my biological yeah. clock. Yes. Ticket. <laughs> yes. Um, what is that number? It's not black and white. Nothing in sciences. Nothing's perfect. But the way that we get the range of what's recommended is by data. We know that all women are born with all of the eggs that they'll have for their lifetime. So if there was a personal line graph that kind of followed us all around that was depicting our fertility or ovarian reserve, you could see your own, you could see all of the women around you, their line graphs. You would notice that they're all going down. So it's not that Maria was dealt the short end of the stick and hers is going down and everybody else's is, you know, plateauing or getting better. It's all going down. So as women, we're all in that together. The difference is, is how fast or slow it's going down. So some women's lines, you would see a steep decline from birth. That would be an example of someone that would have like premature ovarian failure. There's other women whose lines are just very slowly inching down with time. Those women are able to get pregnant in their late thirties, early forties with no problem. But both of those examples are rare. The majority of us fall somewhere in the middle. And the studies have been done trying to understand what is that general rate of decline? The studies show us that by the time a woman has started her menstrual period, she's lost over half of the eggs that she was born with. So before she could even have a baby, she hasn't even gone through puberty. She's already lost half of them. At 30, 
we see a dip in ovarian reserve. So if we go back to that line that was kind of slowly going down, we see a little bit more of a dip. And then at 35, we see the steepest dip and it continues to plummet rapidly after 35. So when I say that, it doesn't mean that if you are getting ready to turn 35 or if you're over 35, that all of your eggs are just gonna fall out of your body and you're gonna be sterile. Science is not that black and white, right? So there's exceptions to every single rule. There's no way for us to completely understand why the rate of decline would go faster for some and not others. What we do believe is that genetics could play a role, medications, environmental exposures, pre-existing medical conditions, many things I bet can impact it that we don't even know mm -hmm. can. So when we look back at that data, we say the best range to freeze your eggs is going to be between 25 and 35 based on that data. Now, it doesn't mean that if you're over 35, you're not a candidate and that you shouldn't look and gather more information because any time's better than no time. It's going to give you at least a little bit of control or options for the future, but that's where the management of expectations comes into play so that the experts can explain to you, okay, you may be a little bit older, but this is what treatment's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And I will say that that's going to be something that we are going to see more and more as more women come back to freeze their eggs is that people were not educated when they froze them about what this is all going to mean for when they come back. So at OVA, that's kind of one of the first things we do. We do a complimentary consult with a woman to just educate her on not only what egg freezing is, but also what it's not. And that's just as important. Is there a way, and I feel almost like naive asking this question as a mom of two and 40-year-old woman, is there a way to see, can you check in on your eggs and yeah. see where they are? Like say a young woman is 25 or 30 and the doctor can see, oh, you're, you're in good shape. Maybe right. you're not a candidate for egg freezing. Can we check in on these eggs? Yes. That's a great question. Cause that is, that's the first thing that people say to me after I kind of explain the rate of decline. It's like, well, how do I know where I am on my line graph, this imaginary line graph? And so when we think about ovarian reserve, it's important that we know that there's two subsets, the quality and the quantity. The only way for us to evaluate the quality of a woman's egg is to extract it and fertilize it with sperm so that it has all of the chromosomes it needs to make a baby. So there's no pre-testing that we can do to know the quality of your eggs. So we kind of have to put that in a bucket off to the side. From a quantity standpoint, we are able to do some tests. We are able to kind of take a look at things and see what things are doing for you specifically. At OVA, we call it our OVAview testing. And the reason we, I mean, kind of a nice little marketing, you know, overview of your fertility overview, but it's comprehensive and that's super important as well. You want it to be comprehensive. There's a lot of stuff out on the market these days that are saying, you know what, we can send you a kit and you can prick your fingers, send it back in, and we'll be able to tell you what your fertility is. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's just not looking at the full picture. We need to see an ultrasound. We need to look at many hormones in the blood, not just one. And we have to look at how they all come together. So when we do that and to do it appropriately, it needs to be timed with a certain point in your cycle so that it's the testing results are accurate. Typically that's gonna be anywhere between days two through five of your menstrual period. And then the ultrasound is looking at the resting follicles on each of your ovaries. When those results come back, we're able to kind of see a full picture based on the woman's age, her medical history, what her hormones showed us, and the ultrasound 
to then get an idea of the quantity of the eggs that she has remaining. So it's not going to spit out like a specific number. It's not going to say, you know, Maria, you've got 124,000 eggs left. It's not going to say that, but it is going to let us know here's what a normal range is and here's where you fall in comparison to that. And then it assists the physician on how, you know, you would be treated. What would the medication protocol be and all of that and management is of expectations. I know that people out there are all saying, great, sign me up. There right. seems like absolutely no downside to this, but I know that it is an investment. And I know mm -hmm. that in the past, looking into this, like it's just been a financial situation for mm -hmm. a lot of people. So what are we talking when it comes to what kind of investment this is for women? You're a hundred percent right. It is definitely an investment for your future. There is no way around it. It is expensive. Hopefully soon insurance companies will become more on board and not necessarily look at it as just being elective. I think that that's a really, it's a hit for a lot of women because our body, we have no control over our bodies and how our bodies are made. And then we're saying, okay, like we want to be able to have it all. We want to be able to travel or maybe haven't met someone or get a further education, but now you're telling me I can't freeze my eggs because I can't afford it. Right. So it, it's a pickle, but with the initial pre-screen testing, I can only speak for us and our, you know, our establishment. Um, it's $500 to complete just that initial screening. So where we did the blood, we did the ultrasound, and then we schedule consult for the physician. So that's $500 to get that comprehensive test done. After that, we do always check on insurance because sometimes insurance will cover treatment and or medications. It's confusing for patients and it can be very frustrating for patients to try to call on their insurance and not understand what they're supposed to be asked and the codes and all that. So it's nice if you have your team do that for you so that they can break it down. One cycle of egg freezing at OVA is $6,500. It's packaged in a sense that everything is included in that package so that you're not you know, I don't know if you've ever had a medical procedure and you pay for the doctor's fee and the next thing you know, you've got a lab fee and then the person that was reading the results and then the anesthesia, it's all in there, which is nice because you know that you're not going to have any hidden bills involved in that. And this is self-pay cost if you had no insurance coverage. So 6,500 and includes one year of storage. People also need to be aware that there's a fee for storage, you know, to keep these eggs for years to come. So at our facility, it's $500 a year. Other facilities, it's different. And then the only things that is not included in that cost is going to be medications. So medications are going to be ordered for you based off of your fertility testing that you do, because the more fertile you are, the less medications you're going to need to really get that ovary moving. So if we think of the ovary like a machine, you know, if it's older or slowed down, it's going to need more oil to get it going and think of oil as the medications. So that's going to be more money. But if your ovaries are young and spry and like working beautifully, you're not going to need as much to kind of get that wheel turning. So that's less medication. It's kind of a catch 22, honestly, because the best time to freeze your eggs is when you're younger for so many reasons, but also from a financial perspective. Yeah. And if this and can become something that is a bit more affordable and a bit more mainstream, I don't want to be over dramatic here, but it egg freezing could almost become for women what the pill was, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. letting women, you know, just take their time and grow their career or wait for the right person or whatever right. it may be, or have a baby on their own. Um, right. it, it just, it opens up 
so, so, so many doors. And it's interesting too, because of the pandemic, clinics were becoming so popular and people were going to freeze their eggs in the last year and a half, probably because the world shut down. Yes. They shut down for a while. Um, Did you see a spike with people coming? We did. Absolutely. And we have not slowed down. It's just continuing to get busier and busier. Very quickly, we started to see more people reaching out. And as time went on, as we knew the pandemic and that lockdown was continuing, we just kept getting more and more women reaching out specifically because they're not out dating, but they're also at home with themselves thinking like, what is life going to mean now? Like, I think it just changed us how we're looking at the future completely different. Like we had no control over that, no control over the pandemic, you know, with what was going on. And I think that it also gave women a sense of control to say, okay, I can't control that this is going on around me. I can't control that I'm not able to go out on dates or I can't travel to where I wanted to, but I can at least control what's happening with my biological clock. That biological clock is ticking regardless if there's a pandemic or not. Mm -hmm. So like you said, it does offer women a sense of control. Mm -hmm. And I imagine a whole other array of emotions when they're able to, to do this. Aside from the sense of control, what are some other reasons that women decide to freeze their eggs? I always say what would be the reasons not to is more like the reasons are endless. I mean, I think a lot of times people, the first thing people jump to is I haven't met someone yet, but even if you had met someone, even if you're married, you know, I just think that you don't, you don't know what's going to happen in your life. Take it from me. My life has gone every which way, but sideways. And it's always nice to know that I have that constant there. I mean, I have a little boy. We'd like to have more children. I'm continuing to get older, but like, we're just not ready yet. So it's nice to know that those eggs are there for other people. They maybe got married a little bit later in life, started having children later in life, and they had baby number one, no problem, but maybe they want to have baby number two or three, and they're now struggling because they're older. So to be able to say, I froze my eggs when I was younger, essentially be, you're being your future egg donor for yourself yep. so that you can have a biological child. So it's just an insurance policy that is for so many different reasons of why you could do it. One thing, one disclaimer is that I I understand that it's not right for everybody and that's okay too. But I think the point of all of this and reaching women and getting on podcasts and talking to women like you is so that we can gather the information and educate them so that they can decide, is it right for me or is it not? So that they can make that decision for themselves versus not, I had no idea that that was even an option. Absolutely. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for your time today and your expertise. It's very clear that this is your passion. Let us know where we can find out more about you and about Ova. Ova's Instagram is at Ova Egg Freezing. And if we just personally want to follow you and your beautiful family. Oh my gosh. Yes. So my Instagram is WitB624. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Mom to Mom. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can always binge all of our episodes of Mom to Mom wherever you find your podcasts. And you can also catch Mom to Mom on TV. We're on Mondays at 11.30 a.m. on NBC10 Boston. And always you can find us on Facebook and our Mom to Mom group. All you have to do is search Mom to Mom with Maria Sansone. All right, that's all the business. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I'll see you next time. 